1: Welcome back to Live Mike. Uh, I'm told the governor has changed his plans a bit. Uh, It was expected that he was going to uh, address the media, discuss the declaration of a state of emergency, what that means, what it was that uh, he's observed uh, and learned. To, to qualify the state for such a declaration, uh, but he now is uh, I suppose continuing uh, continuing his tour. I hear he's at Liberty Park right now. We may hear from uh, the, the governor later on uh, if he comes back to the microphone or if uh, an address is delivered. Uh, you know you can count on hearing it here at KSL News Radio. The timing right now though uh, has become uncertain. So we'll just uh, we'll, we'll forge on here. Uh, I've got a. Uh, a story i want to share with you this one comes from washington dc something that happened uh the this morning there was uh a gathering uh, of senators <laughs> some uh, some senate health committee uh members got together today and they spoke to two individuals uh they spoke to uh dr collins who heads up the national uh, institutes of health as well as uh, dr. Jerome Adams who is the Surgeon General of the United States uh, that committee I, I mentioned is uh, is of particular note because it is a, a committee on which sits uh, Utah Senator Mitt Romney L- let me give you a little bit of context why uh, this is kind of an interesting assignment for him uh, if-, if you if you go back in time a bit uh, to the initial election of Senator Romney, that was well before. <laughs> that was well before uh, the, the the COVID era. Uh, we had no idea uh, that this Senate Health Committee uh, would be, you know, at center stage right now. Certainly, as we uh, take steps towards developing a vaccine. Well, when a senator is brand new. Uh, everything everything goes by uh, way of seniority uh, in the United States Senate for the most part. You can you can lobby and you can uh, you know you can try to uh, make your case and you might be able to, to cut in line a little bit here and there. Uh, but for the very most part, uh, the Senate is uh, is a place of seniority. And Senator Romney, as he entered the Senate, uh, you know the, he's the last one in uh, of the of the lowest rank, right of the lowest uh, seniority when uh, Senator Romney made his way to Washington. And that seniority is sometimes uh, reflected in uh, your committee assignments, right? Uh, you, as a more senior uh, member of the United States Senate, this is also true in the House, as a more uh, senior member of Congress, you have more ability uh, to choose the, the committee assignments. Maybe there is a committee uh, which uh, very often deals with issues very specific to your state uh, or district, should uh, you'd be a member of the House, for example. Um, you know, Utah is uh, comprised of a healthy percentage—healthy or unhealthy, depending on your attitude—percentage of public land, and so the uh, natural resources. Committee of the uh, of the House of Representatives. That's an important one for uh, Utah members to be a member of. In fact, uh, uh, my old boss, Congressman Rob Bishop, he was the chairman of that committee for a time. Uh, Representative John Curtis, he serves uh, on that committee now, and those are important assignments because of Utah's uh, large makeup of public lands. Also, with Hill Air Force Base uh, in Utah's first congressional district, that's a very uh, important uh, important part of the district, uh, the economic driver uh, of the district. And so having a seat on the Armed Services Committee is very important. All right. So you make choices like that and you're able to make choices like that uh, once you've had some seniority. Senator Romney going into the Senate didn't really have, uh, you know, seniority. And so uh, this Assignment to this health committee. It's uncertain if this is something that he that he sought out or was given because, you know, that's where the last empty chair was. Whatever the case is, it puts him front and center right now as uh, two of the individuals most important to the development of a vaccine to hopefully uh, get this covid, uh, this covid pandemic behind us. You will find uh, Senator Mitt Romney. Uh, And we're going to get to in just a moment some of the questions asked by uh, Senator Romney. But I want to share a few things uh, first. Dr. Adams, Jerome Adams, Surgeon General, uh, talked about uh, the safety, the safety of the vaccine. The theme of the hearing today was the development of this vaccine. Uh, there were a number of questions about the price how much will it cost uh, Senator Bernie Sanders spoke up uh, his uh, insistence is that this be free to all Americans uh, the, the doctors uh, appearing as witnesses, Dr. Collins and Adams, they both agreed uh, that that should be the case and it's the position of the Trump administration uh, that if it's possible that this will be free. Uh, as well. So uh, let me just kick this off with Dr. Adams, Jerome Adams, Surgeon General, uh, talking about the development of the vaccine and specifically the safety and the, and the efficacy when it comes to children.
2: Important to understand that the initial vaccine trials will, will be on people age 18 and up, and we will make sure, and this is the way we've done it for other vaccines uh, that have been developed in the past. We'll make sure it is safe and effective in adults, and then we will uh, slowly start to move down in age. So uh, the next round I anticipate will be age 12 to 18. And then after that, uh, if it continues to be safe and effective, we will uh, we'll test in people younger than that. And that's, that's the way we've done it for every vaccine, because we can't just assume that something is safe and effective in an adult will be safe and effective in a child.
1: This is a fascinating detail, and I hadn't considered it at all. I presumed that this phase three testing that, uh, you know, we all understand many of these potential uh, vaccines are in right now. I presumed that the testing was happening across the board. I didn't know that there were phases within the phase and that uh, adults 18 plus would be tested first and once safety and efficacy uh, was guaranteed at that stage, then we moved down to uh, like 12 to 18 and then on down. Uh, I didn't I didn't understand that or know that I'm happy to have learned it to Time time is tight. I want to make sure that you hear uh, what Senator Romney had to say and ask of the doctors. Senator Romney says that he uh, as he moves around the state of Utah, he encounters a number of anti-vaxxers. He wanted to know uh, what he could tell them in response.
3: I have been approached uh, during uh, visits to my state by people who have whole books that are written describing uh, why vaccines are bad, why they're made from uh, adulterated sources, and I won't go into all the details, but it's not like just a, a social media phenomenon. It's a literally, there are literally books out there that are written to describe why vaccines are bad. And, and I wonder uh, if, if, if it does not make sense for, uh, for our government to put out a very comprehensive effort uh, to dispel this growing sense of vaccines being bad and, uh, and I, I don't know how you do that but it would kind of mind that that you're doing that with regards to tobacco and and massive advertising on TV uh, you could have debates you could uh, call in these people who write these books and uh, and have discussions with them which are which are publicized uh, you could have much more aggressive campaign on uh, on social media uh, I guess the question I'm asking is should we be doing more than we're doing and what could we be doing to uh, to resolve the Uh, the debate, the uncertainty that so many Americans have about the wisdom of receiving vaccine.
1: He he kicked off his question there, and we're going to get to the answers after the break. I want you to hear from Dr. Collins, who heads up the, the NIH, the National Institutes of Health. I want you to hear from Dr. Jerome Adams, who is the Surgeon General. They both responded very directly uh, to Senator Romney's questioning. Uh, but what kicked off the the questioning from Senator Romney is that, uh, well, first, uh, his assertion that he encounters so many people when uh, when he visits Utah, when he is here, in Utah and speaking with people that they present to him, uh, you know, volumes of of what they call evidence of the the potential dangers and harms of vaccines. Uh, Well, also, there was a survey recently that indicated up to a third of Americans uh, do not intend to accept a coronavirus vaccine should it be uh, developed and determined by the FDA to be safe and effective. A third of all Americans, that's what the survey says. Senator Romney would like uh, or at least he suggests the possibility of some sort of educational effort to inform the American people that uh, that vaccines uh, are not only safe, but that they are effective and not uh, the not the subject of some sort of vast conspiracy all right so uh, senator romney uh, wants to know how to teach americans that vaccines are safe dr collins with the nih and dr adams uh the surgeon general will respond to that request next that's coming up on live mike i'm lee lonsbury and this is ksl news radio welcome back to the program before the break you and i were discussing uh, a hearing which was taking place in washington dc Uh, A number of senators all getting together to gather under the umbrella of the Senate Health Committee. And uh, one of those senators, Senator Mitt Romney uh, from Utah, as you very well know, he asked uh, a question of the two witnesses appearing before the committee today. Those two witnesses, Dr. Collins uh, and Dr. Adams, Jerome Adams. uh, Dr. Collins heads up the NIH, the National Institutes of Health. And Dr. Adams, uh, Jerome Adams, is the Surgeon General. Uh, Senator Mitt Romney, uh, he asked, well, you know what, Let let me... I'm going to play this for you again. This is uh, it's about a minute long and it is the preface uh, to and ultimately the question uh, posed by Senator Romney. He's talking about uh, some of the exchanges he has with people right here in Utah uh, about uh, the belief and their fears maybe of vaccines.
3: I have been approached uh, during uh, visits to my state by people who have whole books that are written describing uh, why vaccines are bad, why they're made from uh, adulterated sources, and I won't go into all the details, but it's not like just a, a social media phenomenon. It's a literally, there are literally books out there that are written to describe why vaccines are bad. And, and I wonder uh, if, if, if it does not make sense for, uh, for our government to put out a very comprehensive effort uh, to dispel this growing sense of vaccines being bad. And, uh, and I, I don't know how you do that, but it would kind of mind that, that you're doing that with regards to tobacco and, and massive advertising on TV. Uh, you could have debates. You can-
1: all right, so the, the the question continues along those lines. Essentially, Senator Romney uh, wants to know number one uh, what can be done, and then offers up a suggestion as to how uh, to you know put at ease some of the fears uh, held by many. He says he comes in contact with right here in Utah regarding uh, some potential dangers uh, of vaccines generally, and this is all uh, in the backdrop of the the potential for uh, a COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, it's in the works right now, and our fingers are crossed that it will come sooner rather than later. And it is the Senate Health Committee, which just this morning uh, spoke to to these two doctors getting answers. Here uh, is Dr. Collins, director of the NIH, responding to Senator Romney's uh, question regarding the safety of vaccines.
4: This, this has been, of course, an issue for our country not just in this season of COVID-19, but before that, and particularly one has seen the consequences of that with measles, for instance, which in the year 2000, we declared that the U.S. had succeeded effectively in getting rid of measles, and now last year we had more than 1,000 cases. And people have forgotten that kids die of that disease and continue to die in other parts of the world. I think we have benefited from the success of vaccines so that a generation has sort of lost track of the fact that these are preventing diseases that take lives. I just saw an estimate that if you looked at all of the children born in 2009 and you asked what would have happened if none of these vaccines had been available, 42,000 of them would have died. Imagine that, 42,000 kids dying for preventable conditions because vaccines were not available.
1: How about that? Huh, how about that? And that, that measles uh, information there, we had eradicated or so it was the belief that we here, uh, thanks to good vaccine development, we in the United States had eradicated uh, the measles. And then uh, this poisonous idea that vaccines uh, are bad uh, somehow crept into certain neighborhoods and we lost a thousand kids because of it. It's unacceptable. Dr. Uh, Jerome Adams, Surgeon General, response to the same question posed by Utah Senator Mitt Romney.
2: The Department of Health and Human Services is using a three-tiered approach to improve vaccine confidence through research and evaluation, collaboration and partnerships, communication strategies, and knowledge dissemination. I put out an op-ed earlier this year with the secretary and with uh, CDC Director Redfield. We're working with platforms like Twitter and Pinterest and Facebook to uh, make sure appropriate and and, uh, and accurate information is displayed prominently when people do a search. CDC developed vaccinate with confidence a strategic framework to strengthen vaccine confidence. Uh, We're working with uh, minority medical schools like Morehouse and beyond.
1: I think it's Pinterest, doctor. Uh, the, Dr. Doctor Drome Adams, Surgeon General, he continues by giving some stats on how many people actually don't vaccinate and what they need to do uh, to get them to do so or what can be done uh, to, to change these minds.
2: It's important to understand that 90 plus percent of parents out, out there are actually doing the right thing and that when you look at the 10 percent who aren't, most of those 10 percent aren't in that anti-vax or I say vaccine resistant category. They're in the vaccine hesitant category. And that's who we need to really work on. And we need to work on educating them and engaging them and being compassionate with them and patient with them to answer their questions.
1: And that's what it is, right? It's not, uh, it's, this isn't a team sport. It is uh, compassion, it's understanding, and it's education. There are some bad ideas uh, that have crept into the minds of many. And having ideas creep into your mind doesn't make you a bad person, doesn't make you an enemy to anyone. Uh, but what it does, at least when it, uh, it becomes a question of life and death, Uh, It does require that uh, an education effort be undertaken, and that's what uh, Senator Romney was getting at here. And I I applaud the question, and I applaud the responses from the two doctors there, and I hope hope that there are resources poured into uh, an education effort uh, like this. I have great faith in the uh, safety and efficacy of vaccines. I I believe that much of my family's health uh, is attributed, at least seasonally, like during flu season and elsewhere, I believe it's attributed to vaccines and their uh, proliferation throughout uh, our communities. I I truly believe that. Uh, I want you to also hear another question asked by Senator Romney. He asked specifically uh, Dr. Collins of the NIH about vaccines being developed in other countries. We learned uh, just a few weeks ago that Vladimir Putin had declared uh, that they had a vaccine uh, so safe and effective, at least to his estimation, that he uh, was comfortable and confident injecting his own daughter uh, with the vaccine. So uh, are there lessons to be learned in other countries, maybe even Russia? Well, uh, Senator Romney asked uh, Dr. Collins exactly that. Here is that exchange.
3: Are we evaluating the the, uh, the, the promise of, of vaccine efforts in other countries and do they have much prospect for being of value to us.
4: We certainly are to the extent that the information is being made available. Uh, And obviously what you'd like to see is a publication that's been peer reviewed. And some of that is starting to come now from the uh, vaccines that are being developed in China and Russia. Um, I must say uh, the way in which the Russians rolled this out, declaring victory before they had gone much beyond a phase one trial, did not win them a lot of confidence in the scientific community. And so we really have to be insistent that if somebody is going to say this vaccine is safe and effective, that they have lived up to that very high standard. And I think our country establishes those standards and others generally follow them as well. So yes, we're watching, but some might have said that the effort that Russia had put forward was putting a lot of people at risk, asking them to take a vaccine that hadn't gone through that. Some even called that Russian roulette.
1: That's clever. Uh, So there you have it. That is the exchange between Senator Romney and the witnesses of the Senate Health Committee. Those are the uh, updates on the vaccine front, at least from the perspective of the Trump administration. uh, His two officials there appearing before the Senate. There there were some other exchanges there uh, today. Senator Rand Paul had some strong uh, feelings that he communicated about uh, the potential for mandating COVID-19 vaccines for children in schools. Uh, Very, very hesitant and reluctant to, to agree to anything like that. Uh, and the doctors responded by saying, yeah, no, the, the mandates are, are really not something that we are considering. And then Senator Bernie Sanders also uh, brought up the expense that once a vaccine is developed, once it is uh, distributed, manufactured, and once it makes its way to uh, clinics where you and I could uh, could receive a vaccine, the question of, OK, what's that going to cost people? And uh, Bernie Sanders uh, asserted that he didn't believe it should cost anything. (laughs) You and I, the taxpayer, we've already put billions of dollars into this warp speed effort. Uh, He believed that it should be free once it's a final product. And uh, uh, thankfully, uh, the 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 two. Uh, Trump administration officials, the Surgeon General, and the Director of the NIH both agreed that that is the position of the administration to make this available free of charge. Let's hope that everyone keeps their word on that one. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, uh, I have a a new list in my hand. It's a list of—this is fascinating. In 2016, you remember President Donald Trump put out a a potential list of those he might select uh, for the Supreme Court? Yeah, well, he has added to that list. He's added to that list. Uh, I'll share with you some of the new names